this week on the Sports Malay Conduct, we talk about is there anyone that can really challenge Alabama on that number four spot? We'll break that all down. And then we talk about college basketball for the first time. Michigan State starts off with a, a close loss to a, a Kansas, who was the top-ranked team in the country at the time. Michigan has a stunner against Villanova the other night, so we'll break all that down. And then we also talk really quickly about the Lions and Bears, and, well, the Lions are on the same track they've always been on. All that and more on Sportsmanlike Conduct next. And welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Andrew McDonald, and across from me, as usual, is Evan Petzold. Evan, uh, you know we're we're both we both made it here, but I think um, a lot of people out on the roads right now are definitely uh, struggling to make it anywhere because we're already seeing a bunch of reports about accidents and everything and the real like first snowstorm of the year up here in Mount Pleasant. Are you, are you finding a way to have a good day through all this? No, today was the first day that I had to throw on the <laughs> big no. jacket. I like to wear, you know. I like to wear, you know, the the shorter jacket, you know, one that maybe isn't as bulky as big. I, it gives me mobility, you know, when I'm driving. Oh my and you goodness. know how fast this kid I drive. Finds a way to use sports terms with real life. I, you know, you know when I drive, you know, I, I'm like a NASCAR driver. They call me Jimmy Johnson. All oh right. My goodness, so dude. anyway, today I throw on this big coat, and I mean, my gosh, Andy, that was the worst feeling in my life when I had to put that coat on. I just felt like I was totally not in my zone. But nonetheless, tossed it on. Got to class and then I said, you know, you know what, Andy, give me a ride. And then I got a ride from you because I, you know, can't pull my car into more. So I had you take me back to your place. We hung out for a little bit, but but nonetheless, putting that big coat on has been the worst part of my week. But now the best part of my week. A little unsportsmanlike, a little bit of conversation with you. It, it, it's the best that it can be, and we have a great topic to lead things off, don't we? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, this is one that brought a lot of interest to me. Okay, Colin Cowherd is a guy who, you know, who ESPN kind of, or not ESPN, sorry, um, everyone is kind of like, you know, brought up and you know thinks that he's like kind of almost favors Michigan in a way. Yeah. Because every time he talks about Michigan, even when they haven't been that good in the past couple of years, um, he's kind of always been the guy for Harbaugh. He's always stuck up for Harbaugh. Said he's not a bad guy. Whatever. This week he comes out with something. You know, they're talking about the college football playoff. Um, you get your you get your four, five, and six teams here, right? Michigan's still in the number four spot. There was no shakeups this week, nothing crazy. Everybody kind of took care of business, but it was Georgia, and then Oklahoma actually jumped LSU there in the number six spot. Now, um, so yeah, Oklahoma at number six, Georgia at number five, and uh, Michigan at number four. Between those teams, you know, one of them is probably going to have to play Alabama, right? In the in the uh, eventual, um, you know, first round of the of the college football playoff. And so, yeah, when you look at those, you know, those teams in that four or five and six spot, you know, the question is, can anyone actually compete with Alabama in that first game? Now, Georgia, of course, is going to get their shot at them. They're going to play them in more than likely the SEC championship unless there's an upset here in the last couple of weeks to close out the regular season. So they're going to be kind of out of that question either way. Um, of course, Alabama would then be in, you know, the whole conversation of Michigan's death scenario if Michigan would actually make the playoff with Alabama possibly still staying in it. All that good stuff and Georgia probably moving in. Nevertheless, what team of those three, of Michigan, Georgia, or Oklahoma, who offers the best fight against Alabama? Who can actually give them a game and make it a game? Because I don't think any of them beat somebody. The only team that actually could in the country is Clemson. Who who actually gives them a fight? I think from an offensive standpoint, Georgia and Oklahoma. Those are two teams that I think could could hang with them offensively. But the question is, who can not, shut them down my, on my defense? I know is, I'm, getting can, there, I'm, getting there, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Overall, I am getting there. I'm just giving Oklahoma and Georgia a little bit of love before I slam them and say it's the Wolverines all day. The defense, 
defense, defense. That's what's going to do it for them. You know, you look at a team like Georgia, and, and yeah, Georgia and Oklahoma, they both have great quarterbacks. Granted, Shea, Shea Patterson is, is a good quarterback as well, but those are two high-powered, high-motored offense. And Michigan's more of a defensive sound team. And I think the only way that you beat Alabama is with defense. And I totally see you know, Oklahoma and Georgia, both of them, having an offensive shootout with Alabama. But I think in the end, Alabama wins. I think, I think Tua Tagovailoa is that much better of a quarterback. I think he is the real deal. I think he's legit. And offense doesn't stop offense, does it? No, defense stops offense, and that's what Michigan brings to the table, and that's why I think Michigan would be able to beat Alabama. And to be honest, if you want to you know, really look at this list for a second, even look at a team like Notre Dame, I don't even think Notre Dame could beat Michigan, Georgia, or Oklahoma, or even LSU at this point in the season. Well, I don't, I, Notre I, Dame did beat Michigan. At this point in the season. <laughs> I don't think they could. Do you really think that Notre well, Dame could beat okay, Michigan? Who are we to say that Notre Dame? who are we to say that Notre Dame couldn't have gotten better as well? Why haven't they gotten better as a team? They they haven't. They don't look that good. Okay, here's my question. They've to won you. every game, but here's they don't look to... like a powerhouse Who's team my... that's he... gonna blow everybody out, they out don't... the door. Last week they played pretty well against the team they were supposed to take care of. But who who is Michigan really beat that just shows you that they're that great? I mean, is is the Big Ten is the middle of the Big Ten really that good right now? You got you Wisconsin, re... Michigan State, and, but... and uh, Penn State. What te- what team is really a world breaker right there? What team is really that good? The thing is, it's not. That's not what it's about, though. Exactly, it's about more well, than that. You're saying that. I mean, yes, they're blowing them out. They're blowing sure. them out, but they're also blowing out teams that they never would have blown out in the past. I mean, they're blowing yeah, they, out teams that are rivals. That's the thing. They are. They are rivals. They may not have blown those teams out in Notre the past. Notre Dame doesn't even have a conference. They don't have true. Yes, they have rivals. I mean, yes, USC is a rival, but it's but not when you like look a back true at the games that they were supposed to rivalry. win. They took care of a Stanford team that I would compare to a. Oh, Wisconsin, that's for sure. They did the same kind of thing. And, and Wisconsin's not that good. No, they're not. My, my point is a rivalry why... against Michigan State and Penn State means a lot more. And I think you're going to learn a lot about this Michigan team against Ohio State. Well, yeah, everybody's honest, waiting for that game. I don't think it's even going to be close. <laughs> you don't think it's going to be close on no. the road in Columbus? Oh, no. I think you're a fool for saying that, to be completely honest with you. That, we'll, will, that will be a close you know, we'll, game. We'll, I will, we'll, we'll see. We'll I'll see. bet you 10 bucks right now on this podcast that so that is a game within 10 points. Yeah, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would take it. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. But it would be it would, it will be a good game. But, but but I mean Notre Dame, you know, by ten to Northwestern, and yeah, I get it. Northwestern's a scary team. They almost beat Michigan. Michigan's probably gonna have to play them again in the Big Ten, you know, conference championship game if they end up meeting and going there. Um, as that's kind of what it's looking like for the Wolverines right now. And I get it, they took care of business against Stanford and Virginia Tech, but I, I don't think that they have Overall, what it takes, and they beat to Michigan. Beat, I mean, they still did beat Michigan, know, no matter what I time of year you play them. I, well, it kind of does matter. <laughs> it it, it maybe matters matter. in our eyes as media, and what we and what we look at, and we see, and we say that. I'm not oh, saying that Michigan should be ranked higher than them, but all I'm trying to say is that I think that Michigan would have a better chance to beat Alabama, and I think Georgia and Oklahoma would have a better and, chance and Michigan, to beat Alabama I, than Notre Dame. I agree Dame. with you. I do think that Michigan would have a better chance to beat Alabama, but in, in all respects, you know, why do we even have had to have matchups that they don't matter? I mean, why is there? There's no reason you should ever put Notre Dame below Michigan that's at this not, point. No, that, and that's not what I'm trying to say. That wasn't my point of this at all. I was just saying that I think that Oklahoma, Georgia, and Michigan are all better than Notre Dame in the sense that they would be able to beat Alabama. I would also think at this time of the year, I, I think I think uh, OU and Notre Dame could be a pretty good game because I think Notre Dame's defense is also very good. Um, but no, when I when I look at those two teams between Michigan and Georgia, I think those are the next two best teams in the country um, outside of. You know Notre Dame, but you know this. Like if, and, and if Notre Dame didn't meet Michigan, where would they be right now anyway? I mean, would they really be that far up? I mean, I get it; they'd have one loss, 
But at the same time, I think that Michigan win carries a lot of weight for them. I, I think that game carries well, a yeah, ton. It, it, it always will. I mean, until, exactly. until Michigan falls out. But it, here's my thing, though. Michigan lost that game, and they've won the rest of their games, and they're number four. But Notre Dame, on the other hand, I don't, I don't see them as a number four team in the nation if they lose to Michigan week one. No, and they I mean, win out the rest of the way. They're pro- yeah, because they're probably not because they're not playing the same kind of competition. Also, everything would shake up differently then. It'd Georgia, be, it'd all be different. Georgia still would have been ahead of them right now. I mean, that that's a completely different conversation. I mean, season worked out the way it but worked out. That's the point, out. though, is that that Michigan game carries so much more leverage for Notre Dame than it does for Michigan. Yes. they were able and, to and, climb back okay, up so in there. Recap. Okay, we're getting off topic here. Back to what it is. It's Michigan you think, because of you the think, defense. You think Michigan the would, would be would be Alabama over any of those other teams? I think that they would be the team that would be able to give them the best run for their money. For yeah, sure. And I, due to I, defense. As it comes you know, to the, to the playoff and comparing things like that, I do think that Michigan you know, would be um, that, that team. They, they would be the team because when you look at completeness and you know where Michigan's at, yeah, I just talked about how these teams in Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Penn State, they're not as good as everybody thought they were going to be coming into the season. But nevertheless, when you can shut down teams like that, I think it says a lot, and this this defense is playing with more confidence than anybody else right now. It's been proven that Don Brown is a good defense every single season, and you said it. If you can stop someone on defense, I think you're going to have a better chance to win that game. And Michigan is a competent enough offense that's only getting better every yeah. single week. I mean, they're, they're, they're coming together, they know their plays, and their playbook isn't that difficult. That's the one thing about Michigan. Like, yeah, they're probably not going to be able to run all over um, you know, a team like Alabama, Cron Higdon's not going to have one of those breakout games. I don't think against a team like that. I think Michigan's offensive line would struggle a lot, but I think Shea Patterson's elusiveness in that game actually makes them a little bit better of a team. And I think with the way that their receivers are playing right now, and Sean McCune, who's like the top NFL, mm-hmm. I mean, prospect, like going in the draft and everything, those kind of guys, you know, like that, I think they actually make a difference in that game and make Michigan's offense, you know, good enough against an Alabama team for them to be able to compete in it. I think Michigan's defense and the the elusiveness of Shea Patterson, his development, makes them the best team in that four spot right now to be able to compete with them. Because, yeah, I would say Georgia. I would probably say Georgia would be the team, but they're going to get their shot at Alabama. They're going to play against them in the championship game. If they beat them, they're going to earn their way into the playoff. If they lose, you don't get two shots at Alabama, and you definitely don't make the playoff, no, no matter how close the game is. That would just be the wrong way to do a ranking system. So. Yeah, I would go with Michigan as well. I don't think there's anybody you can really take over him. I think, you know, Oklahoma, two attack of lows that prove that he is a great quarterback. Oklahoma's defense could let you and me run through it, man. Yeah. It, they're terrible. They, can, I they ain't have fast. no defense. Yeah, exactly. I ain't fast. <laughs> they don't have a defense. So you, you couldn't, you can't put Oklahoma in that conversation if you're asking me. Sure, they have a great offense, but I think that their defense of Alabama would shut it down. What, what a sight it would be for Michigan fans. I mean, they would love to see it. You know, if you if you got that rush pressure from you know Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary on Tua Tagovailoa, he escapes the pocket and then just gets immediately lit up by Devin Bush. That would be a sight for Michigan fans, and, and that's kind of the thing that they've been waiting for all year. But nonetheless, it doesn't really matter, you know, if, if they'd be able to beat Alabama right now because you got to get through Ohio State first, and that's that's the point. You know, you beat Ohio State, and then you're going to have to beat, you know, what's shaping up to be Northwestern in the in the Big Ten West. So. You're going to have to take on them again, and that was a, a three-point game the last time those two teams played earlier in the year. Yes, Michigan's gotten a lot better, but Northwestern also has been able to, to do serious damage as well. They're 6-1 in the in the conference over there in the West. So, yeah, it looks like it'll be Michigan-Northwestern again, as long as the Wolverines can can get through Ohio State. Yeah, how, about, but, how about Northwestern, man, though? Isn't that, I mean, not that it's like that impressive to be able to win that side of the conference, but... but when you're Northwestern, I think it is. That's really I mean, cool. I mean, that, that just makes me happy to see a team like that Everyone that as Wisconsin that. all day, and they, they checked it off the list, but for them to be able to do that has been, has been pretty cool. But 
I mean, I guess, you know, yeah, playoffs are playoffs, and we'll see how things go, but but right now, it's basketball, man. That's been the talk, right? <laughs> yeah, it definitely, it definitely is basketball time of the year, and I mean, that's... You know, trying to keep up with all this stuff. We're recording this stuff on Thursday. I'm I'm trying to keep up with you guys on Twitter to give you updates and that CMU game as well. So it's it's been all over my mind. But last night, I, you know, from the blog that I worked for, Amazing Brew, I did the I did the recap for the Michigan game. So I had to pay pretty t- close attention to that. And I mean, holy wow. crap! Wow. I mean, I I was thrown to the, to the complete left when I saw the score, 44 to 17. Michigan was leading at halftime in that game. That is the Biggest, you know, deficit that they've had since 2003, Villanova, at halftime. I mean, yes, this team lost a lot. They lost guys like Jalen Brunson and DiVincenzo and everything. They lost their top three scorers in their team last year. But Michigan, though? They are weaker. But this is also a team that in a close scrimmage, you know, credit to Zach Shaw for the tweet, um, that they beat North Carolina, Villanova did, in a a close scrimmage earlier this year. That's a team that Michigan got blown out by last year, and, you know, they come to Chrysler later this year. It's the revenge I mean, tour for basketball, this, this, baby. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what everybody's kind of joking about on Twitter last night. But nevertheless, I mean, you saw Xavier Simpson playing mad. Charles Matthews, that put-back slam, yelling in, in, in his face. They, they were, like, saying basically, like, a lot of people gave Michigan no chance to win this game. I mean, no chance. I predict they lose by 10. And, you know, Villanova, is a, no matter who they lost, they still had a good enough team, and they played good enough early in the season taking care of both the opponents they played compared to Michigan, who was 310th in the, the, or the whole country in scoring coming into the game. and. They come in and they put up 44 points in the first half against a team that, yeah, maybe isn't that really that well on defense or known for defense. But still, in their own house, the pavilion, a new, a absolute new stadium, I mean, everything, just all the hype and everything behind it. Nothing. I mean, where, where did it come from? I mean, where, where did this... So, I mean, Xavier Simpson, the crossover came back, the drive to the hole, the, the whatever he does where he probes his way to the hoop and he kind of just finds a way to get his short self towards the rim and he makes shots. That happened. Charles Matthews is putting back dunks. Ignis Brzezikas put himself on the world. I mean, the college basketball saying that his 18 points performance. I mean, this kid's just a freshman, man. He's a freshman and he he's was 19 making, years old. He's I younger mean, than me. Everyone wants to talk about the, the and one reverse layup that he made and how impressive that was. I want to talk about the... He got the ball off of a miss. I don't remember who the miss is from. I think it might have been Jordan Poole. He gets the, the rebound, takes out the three-point line, turns back around, goes towards the hoop, and, get, and gets an and-one bucket. It's just the confidence. It's like it's like he's not scared at all. I mean, and you can just see it in his vibe and everything else. And it's like Michigan finally gets rid of Mo Wagner, who was the cocky guy from another country that everybody hated to play against. This guy is already starting to form himself into that. Oh, he's kind of like a Mo Wagner. But here's the thing what you remember with Mo Wagner is, he he wasn't anything when he came to Michigan. He, yeah, he no, had, yeah, he, he not had at to be, all. He had to be built to get there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, it took to him a lot better, of time. Yeah. It took but him a lot of time. But this guy is here now. tournament. But this guy is here now, and he is. is like, what can he be in two years? This is this was as good of a non-conference win that I've seen from John Beeline. I mean, ever. I mean, seriously, the way they played and like this team lost so much, Evan. I mean, they lost fifty, you know, some percent of their score. Or I think it was forty-nine percent mm-hmm. of their offensive production from last year with Wagner, Muhammad Ali, Abdul Rahman, and Duncan Robinson leaving. When you got a guy like you just said, and Ignis Prestikas that can just step in and play like that, I mean, this just makes them that much more dangerous. I mean, they are a a good team, not no. just like not just a team that is ranked middle of the country. This team needs to be close to the top ten after a win like this, in my opinion. And here's the thing too: remember how kind of it took Jordan Poole some time to. To get to where he was, it took Isaiah Livers a little bit of time, and yeah, they threw him in the mix. But nonetheless, it took him time. For for Brasdikas, no time, right? Yeah, he's he's there now. But 
I mean, you look and you you take it to later this season, and and you kind of look down the list of who they're playing, and once you get into Big Ten play, you have to expect you know Brandon Johns, Colin Castleton, David DeJulius. One of those guys is going to come alive. I, I I really do believe. I think they're going to have another guy that's going to be a. a a shell shocking type player in the same that we're seeing with this this freshman that's in the game right now and that's that's you know starting. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get something like that out of Johns Castleton or DeJulius. Who is it gonna be? I don't know, but someone's gonna come alive. There's gonna be some other crazy storyline of this Michigan team, and it's gonna be with one of the players that's on the bench, and they're gonna come out and they're gonna come alive, and it's gonna be impressive. Because it always happens with John Beeline. There's always somebody that has a hero story. And last year it was Jordan Poole. You know, Derek Walton Jr. was kind of like that. It took him a little bit, but he finally kind of started to come around. Mo Wagner the same way. But this year there's going to be one of those freshmen again that's going to do damage. And I'm excited to see who it is because that's just going to make that bench that much more potent, that much more lethal, and that much more dangerous. Yeah, for sure. Without a question. And I mean... I don't know. It's just when you when you look at you know John Beeline, you just kind of think to yourself, this guy is. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get what he gets out of his players, but it's been a thing for him as well that early in the season, you know, they're just not as good as they, you know, usually are at the end of the season. It's not usually very, you know, predictable for them to be this this good. But my point is, and, and what I was saying before too is, I still think you see that insane gap, right? So yeah, they're they're. They played really well against Villanova, right? But I think that this is kind of like the, you know, oh, John Beeline, early season, you know, struggles, right? Like, I think you take them and you you let this go into later, only more things are going to happen, right? It's only going to get better. That's kind of my point, is I don't think this is the peak. Where some teams, beginning of the season, that's their peak, and they kind of just stay that way. I think this team is still on the rise, and that's what makes John Beeline's whole program different. Because every year you see it. Beginning of the year to the end of the year, they're always better at the end. And I think this is the same situation. Yeah, they might might be great right now, but it's only going to get better. And it kind of you know allows me to pose the question to you. And I know it's early, so don't get pissed. But <laughs> Michigan or Michigan State? I mean, who who's looking better to start the year? In your opinion, I know it's been you know each team has played one really good team, and then I mean, also based played off teams, of on but... paper, you'd have to give it to Michigan, right? They just beat the number eight team in the country last night. Yeah, and Villanova, a team that. You know, th- this was their biggest loss, I believe, since 2014. I mean, that's that's two national titles. But ago, you could man. say you that, could, but you could say, you know, Michigan State only lost the number one ranked team by not anymore. By five. Number one, not number, not number one anymore. We but know at, number at one the of the time, nation you know is now. Saying. But yeah, no, I, I get what you are saying. Either way, Kansas is a great team. So you think Michigan is is better at this point? Like, if they played tomorrow, who who would you have? That's kind of my point. Just for a fun talking point. For that's a, second. a really tough question because it is. I, as much, I, I don't want to discredit Michigan in any way for getting the win that they did yesterday. But I definitely think Villanova was an overranked team. They shouldn't have been that high in the country. Obviously, the three players they lost is hurting them a lot more than what they thought it was. So. I don't know. I, I think Michigan State has a lot of interesting talent as well, and they show that they can play very well because, you know, they work themselves. You know, we're about, we're about talking about them next here. They work themselves into a 50 to 36 deficit at halftime, and they crawled out of it and only lost the game by five. And Michigan State didn't even play good in this game. I mean, they, the, the whole time, they, the turnovers that they had, I mean, with 18 of them, they played, you know, pretty bad, and they still were able to only lose this game by five points against one of the top teams in the country. Michigan yeah, I mean, State's a very good basketball team too. I think you have to give it to Michigan right now because they simply they beat a, a better team. They have a better win on their resume. Everything else, you have to give it to Michigan. But on paper, 
If these two teams were to play tomorrow, I'd probably still take Michigan State. Yeah, to I would too, and I think I like Cassius Winston for the Spartans, their point guard, the way that he's been able to really transform his game over the years. I mean, now you're looking at a guy who's averaging over 16 points per game, over three rebounds per game, over seven assists per game, and over two steals per game. I mean, that that, that is darn impressive from a guy who is also a floor general, you know, Josh Langford also giving you, you know, a team high in 17 points per game so far this season, adding just over five boards. And then Nick Ward inside, you know what he's good for, points in the paint and and rebounds. And then, you know, you, you keep looking down the list just because you want to and you say, all right, well, well, who's next? You know, you get Langford, Winston, and you got Ward. Okay, those are our, our big three to say. But Kenny Goins, 10.3 rebounds per game. He's been awesome this year as well. And then going down again, Xavier Tillman, seven rebounds per game, chipping in eight points. I mean, that's... That's the kind of stuff that you need down a roster is guys that are going to be able to rebound at a high rate and score at a high rate. And Michigan State has that. And I don't think Michigan has as many pieces that can do that. But I, like I said before, I think it only gets better. And I think I don't you think have it's... somebody that emerges. Somebody's going to emerge on that Michigan team. With they Michigan, though, do. I think it's also about defense, man. I mean, their defense is so – it strangles people when they yeah. play them. And I'm not just saying that because they did it to Holy Cross. and I mean, they – I don't care, man. Again, I know I said I think this team is overrated in Villanova, but they put a stranglehold on the team that has had one of the better offenses in the country the past you know few years. I mean, Villanova has been a top team in the, in the country in offense almost every year, and they held them to 31% shooting from the floor last night. They held them to making three threes. They forced 21 turnovers, and off of those turnovers, they scored 25 points. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff that Michigan does, and when they put their head down and they play against an opponent, I mean, sometimes it's almost like they're sleeping against games that they, they don't really care about as much. But when they have to wake up for a big game with players well, like Xavier Simpson up. and Charles Matthews, I, I've never seen Michigan not do it yet. They wake I mean, I up, haven't. they shower, they eat their Wheaties, they go for a pregame <laughs> run, and they're ready to kick some ass, I mean, and, and that's and, true. And, and this was last night, you were watching this game, and you're thinking, okay, this is exactly what Michigan did in the first 10 minutes of the national championship game last year. They started out great, and then Villanova came and did what Villanova did. Michigan just never pulled off the throttle last night. I mean, the technical fouls, the Z- Te- Xavier Simpson should have got called for that technical foul, mind you. But I mean, he was holding holding the arm of the Villanova player and like you know wouldn't let go that that kind of thing. Like they're dogs, man. The pregame like, I, scuffle. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to start any fight with Xavier Simpson or Charles Matthews. Those are two bad dudes that like they're they were both guys that didn't come in getting you know the, what they thought they deserved for how good of players they were, and they're trying to show it the best way they can right now. And then Jordan they're Poole, not kid with a straight you. swagger, yeah, you right, don't want exactly. to mess with that squad. Exactly. I mean, Jordan, he, he's he's trying his best to get on it right now. But how about like Isaiah Livers? I mean, that guy's yeah. hitting his open threes right now and, and coming off the bench, accepted that role, almost like the Duncan Robinson got pushed out of his starting spot by Ignis Presdikas, obviously, and he comes in and hits the shots he has to, plays the same defense he played last year. It's just. They reload. They're Michigan. I mean, they they do it. They've done what they've done under John Beeline. It's time to stop saying it's just like a surprise. This is what they do. I think the other thing too you got to look at is the pure hustle from the Wolverines. I mean, oh yeah, you, oh, yeah. You, you remember that play when Jordan Poole, you know, stole the ball and and was able to save it from getting inbounds. Yes, yes. And, and he, he couldn't he get back out, in and touch yeah. it because otherwise, you know, that's a turnover. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. And he boxed players out at yeah, midcourt until it. his team was able to come <laughs> and grab the ball. That was a phenomenal. And I don't effort. think other teams in the country that are ranked that high do that. And they turned it into when, a bucket too. But when you're yeah, and when you're up by as much as you were up at that point, you. Th- I mean, I don't know, man. Part of me maybe thinks Michigan State, and. Eh, Whatever, I'm not going to box them out. Just get out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, Kansas, get out of the way. Duke, get out of the way. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to move. But this Michigan team has a different type of dog in them. And not that Duke doesn't, and not that Kansas or Michigan State or those teams don't, but Michigan just has this almost like emotion inside of them where they 
feel like they're maybe the underdog all the time. I think that that's kind of the thought is, hey, we're here to prove something. We have a chip on our shoulder and we're going to do everything that it takes. It doesn't matter if we're up 44-17 in the first half or at halftime. We are going to box you out at midcourt just to get possession of the ball and score the basketball. And that's how we're going to do it. It doesn't matter if we're we're down 25, it's a tie game, or we're up by 75 points. That's something that you expect out of Michigan every single time, and that's that John Beeline philosophy. And I think that's what sets them apart and makes them so special. And you look at a team like Michigan State, I, I don't know if they do that. So I think the hustle alone is starting to really set Michigan apart, and it's a, it's a tradition, it's a program, it's a philosophy, it's the culture. Yeah, for sure, no doubt, and it's it's been great. But one culture that you know we've we've talked about plenty that hasn't been good is over on the the football side of things, the Detroit Lions. Uh, that culture isn't exactly where it's supposed to be right now. We're we're looking at a three and six team, and are either of us surprised? Not not at all, really. I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit that they haven't been as competitive. Yeah, maybe that they've lost three straight. I thought they would have won at least one of the last three games, but. I mean, everybody's surprised with the Bears being in first place. That you know, at yeah, six and three, a little bit of a shocker. But oh, definitely, dude. I did not. I thought this is Minnesota's year. I thought Minnesota was a Super Bowl contender coming into the year, and they haven't been that kind of a team yet. They have a big game coming up against the Bears this weekend. But I'm gonna break it to you, Andy. Again, All right. just, All right, I'm gonna break it to you. Sure. You know what? Just tell I me your feelings. I don't want to cut you off. I didn't want to do that. I, I kind of feel bad for doing that now because I just did. I thought you were kind of finishing up it. that that statement there. But the Lions <laughs> suck. All right. <laughs> All right, they suck, and they, they suck, have, and, they have and it's sucked. nothing new. Yep. And, and at this point, does it even matter anymore? You know, does 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 this season even matter? Does anything really matter anymore? I know you got games left, and you can you can make things up, but that's how it is every year. It's you know, well, you know, you look at you look at that, and they've got from you know, they got week eleven to week seventeen. They they can make things up. They they can yeah, they can do something maybe. No, no, they can't. No. That they can. It's not going to happen. Like, is it even worth to get your hopes up anymore, Andy? If you're a Lions fan, no, it's or absolutely it not. It's 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 not. This year's done. I mean, the next three games simply make it. I know Carolina got blown out last week, but they're Carolina. Detroit's not a good team. They got Carolina, Chicago, Carolina, Chicago, and the Rams. That's, that's three losses, in my opinion, in a row. I mean, maybe they'll, maybe they'll beat the Bears at home. Yeah, for sure, two losses. The season's going nowhere. Um, and and it's kind of just like you know what what do they do moving forward? I mean, you got a great running back now in Kyrian Johnson that can play football, and you know, no real receiving talent has actually been proven. I know they love Kenny Galladay and think he can be great, but it's depressing because I feel like they just haven't really done anything under their first season of Matt Patricia that really shows a lot of positives for the future right now. I think that they're only getting worse, and their, their defense definitely has not been that good under a defensive-minded head coach, and they just went out and picked up a new defensive lineman and everything else. I mean, I know Slay's hurt and stuff, but they're letting up a lot of points. A lot. 48-17. That's where it started, man. Week one, lost to the Jets, and it hasn't changed since. It's been been the same crap that Lions fans have had to deal with for a long, long time, and it's not going to get any better. Yeah, we don't really think it's going to change. We just wanted to make sure we brought it up for you guys really quick because, you know, they're still, still playing, but both of us are pretty much on the same page as I think most people should be. Matt Stafford isn't enough to lead this team. He needs more weapons with him. He does have a running back, but now they lack almost everything else with an offensive line and with receivers. They don't have the talent they used to have. Goodbye, Detroit. Yeah, exactly. We'll see where it goes. So we'll wrap the podcast up now with our stud and duds. Evan, who's your stud? Yeah, so my stud this week is Tennessee, and they're, yeah, they're 5-5, five and five and they're struggling in the SEC East, but 
pulled out a huge win over Kentucky. You know, it was 24-7. It was one of those that was like, uh, holy crap, where did that come from? You know, Benny Snell was held to 20 carries for just 81 yards. And Tennessee overall just dominated flat out. It, it wasn't a... It wasn't a game where it was even really back and forth at all. I mean, Tennessee, they went up 17-0 and then just kind of coasted the rest of the way to a 24-7 win. Good win for them. Obviously something that, you know, isn't enough for them because they're not going to be able to do anything with it. But still, nice to see them finally, you know, get a get a nice win. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, anytime you can get a win like that, I guess it does say something. So it definitely... Nothing makes you a stud. My stud is the Red Wings um, for playing as well as they have lately. I believe it, it was four in a row. Um, and just being able to actually come back and get to, you know, the eight and eight mark with a couple of losses in overtime. They're getting back to being actually a competitive team when you look at the standings, only a few points down. I mean, hey, I didn't expect them to be that good this year, but if they can, you know, get these youngsters even be close to a playoff chase, I think that only says that much more for, you know, the future going forward. So, yeah, my stud of the week is definitely the Detroit Red Wings. Evan, your dud? Yeah, so looking at my dud. North Carolina State football. All right, so they were undefeated going into their game against Clemson. And honestly, it was kind of a shocker to me that that game was such a blowout, obviously back on October 20th, but still they were undefeated and everyone thought, all right, they're going to contend. They're going to contend. They've got a chance. And they get blown out of the door by Clemson 41-7. And since then, it's been rough. They've lost to Syracuse by 10. And now most recently, they lost to Wake Forest 27 to 23 and you know it really just has been a year where North Carolina State was expected to be something and now six and three overall three and three in the conference and their next game is against Louisville things don't get that much easier we'll see how they do the rest of the year but yeah sorry North Carolina you're my dud yeah for sure my my dud is the uh the college football playoff committee you know what I just want to see just because I think that it, it should be there is uh UCF I think they should be in the top 10 I'm sick of them getting held out of it and I think that they're a better a better team than what people give them credit for. They're nine and zero. Why? Why is an undefeated team not at least in the top ten rankings when Ohio State can barely beat Nebraska, who's two and eight, or you know what West Virginia isn't even? I mean, have they really showed anything to where they're actually going to be able to compete in a college football playoff game? Why not give UCF a better chance? I, I want to see them get to a top ten ranking. I think as long as you're undefeated, just like Western Michigan a few years ago, if you can prove that you can be undefeated, and then they went to a bowl game and actually showed they could play with a really good team in Wisconsin at the time. I don't know, man. I just think give UCF a little bit better of a, of a ranking. They've been holding them out of that of that top ten spot. I want to see them make the top ten. That's it for this week's podcast. Uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week. Make sure you download on SoundCloud um, or uh, on iTunes, and you can also find us on the CM Life Twitter. It'll be on cmlife.com, cm-life.com. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>